Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we are answering your listener questions. Right, Joel, we've got a listener question Monday episode lined up for folks, and we've got five questions that we're going to answer on this episode, including some ways that you can maximize your savings. Uh, we've got some grad school considerations that we're going to talk through, as well as uh, ways to avoid capital gains tax when it comes to selling uh, some real estate. So we've got those questions plus two more. But first, man, we wanted to uh, talk about software on your computer. Oh, Doesn't that sound so exciting? <laughs> <laughs> so recently we talked about how I had uh, avoided updating the iOS on my computer for like multiple years <laughs> in order for my old school Microsoft Excel to continue to work, right? Because with an update, uh, I knew like that legacy version wasn't going to work anymore. And we basically talked about how that was cheap, right? It was a cheap move to avoid the software patches, bug fixes, everything else that accompany a new software. Software update. However, uh, listener Scott, he reached out to us and mentioned how we need to check out LibreOffice. Had, had you heard of LibreOffice before he sent that email? I had not, but when he sent the email, he said that it was the newer version of OpenOffice, which was now defunct, I think, right? Or, yeah, it changed or something. Yeah, and I remember OpenOffice back in the day, but I totally forgot that LibreOffice was a thing. Yeah, so this is an open platform software, and they, they basically have all the different 
apps, all the different programs that you would typically use when you you know get like Microsoft Office or 365, whatever they're calling it now. Like they've got their document uh, program that's called Writer Document, <laughs> <laughs> and their equivalent to Excel is called Calc Spreadsheet. <laughs> so I love how they've got these totally white label generic names, but basically they are like old school versions of Microsoft. That I mean, it's open source, and so they've written it to be able to you know it's compatible with newer Excel documents. Like you can open the file formats uh, that are that you currently use with you know Word or, or Excel. Uh, however. It's not a Microsoft program, and so it's open source. Uh, it means other folks keep up with it, and best of all, of course, it is completely free. So you can avoid paying, you know, like what we talked about was paying that annual fee, uh, that one time, once a year cost to get a little bit of a discount, or you can go full on free, avoid paying that altogether. Yeah, and when we got that email from Scott Matt, you were like, "All right, I gotta give this a shot." See I immediately it's... jumped on. I was like, yeah. Wait, "What is this? What anywhere, is this magic?" <laughs> and anywhere near as good. And you felt like it was definitely better than like the Google version that you were using, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So what's great about what, like, one of the great things about uh, at least about Calc Spreadsheet <laughs> is that you can, or in the whole platform too, you can create shortcuts. Uh, and that's one of the cool things that you know where you're limited. Like, say you are using like Google Sheets or, or Google Docs, things like that. There's only so much that you can do within a web browser, right? But I love how you can go and create these shortcuts. You can create customized keystrokes within these programs, and so you can get it to perform, you know, exactly like Microsoft Excel, or even better. You know, you can kind of tailor fit it to to what you know whatever your specific needs are. Uh, so yeah, we, I, I just actually checked it out, and I'm gonna definitely give it a go, man. Nice. All right. Well, yeah. If you can cut it down from. 80 bucks a year to free. That's uh, that's some savings. So Most big thanks to Scott for sending us an email. Man, we always learn from our listeners. I love that. I learn from listeners in the Facebook group. Uh, we get emails, I feel like, multiple times a day from listeners who have different suggestions. Yeah, and they're like, hey, dummies. <laughs> <laughs> what about this? And it's helpful because, you know what? You and I, we don't know everything. Not even true. close to it. And yeah. so uh, it really does take the How to Money community to help each other out. And those listener emails help a lot. They really mean a lot. So thank you, Scott, and other people for reaching out uh, whenever we're wrong or we just like don't know something. But all right, Matt, let's mention the beer that we're having on the show today. This one is called Seven Deadly Stouts. It's by Monday Night Brewing. Uh, they are around the corner from us, one of our favorite local breweries. And this is a particularly special stout that they brewed. And uh, we're excited to, to have this one on the show today. Yeah, this is normally the kind of beer that we would have like on a really special occasion. <laughs> but, so I don't know why we haven't cracked this thing open yet. Uh, but I am really excited about sharing our thoughts on this beer at the end of this episode. Let's do it. All right. Uh, but for now, let's get on to the listener questions. And uh, for folks that want to ask a question on any future, on an upcoming Ask How to Money episode, just go to our website, howtomoney.com slash ask. There are simple instructions there so you can submit your voicemail question. And we hope to be able to take it soon. And Matt, let's get to the first one for this episode. This is from a listener who is trying to decide whether she should go to grad school abroad or stay stateside. Hi guys, my name is Natalie. I'm 21 and I'm from Central California. I'm graduating from UC Santa Barbara this spring with no loans. I'm now deciding on a grad school to get my master's in public administration. Right now my choices are between a two-year program in California that costs about $40,000 before housing or a one-year program in Ireland that costs about $20,000 after housing. This is my first time taking out loans. I'm concerned if I go abroad, I won't have as good of an opportunity to network in order to get a high-paying job back in California, but I'm also wary about taking out a $40,000 loan. I studied abroad, so I am familiar and comfortable with the process of moving to Europe, but I don't want to miss out on networking if that's going to be the best decision career-wise. I'm excited to hear what you guys think, so let me know, and cheers. 
Natalie, thanks so much for that question. And by cheers, you actually mean slancha, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ireland is actually the only trip that Joel and I have taken abroad together. Uh, this is back before we had kids. Man, it was so much stinking fun. Beautiful country. Like, I, I totally see myself going back there one of these days. The pub culture is wonderful in Ireland. So, uh, it's so much fun. Live music. I mean, these are all things that I guess probably have been on hold, you know, for the past <laughs> yeah. year, but I'm guessing that they are probably ready to fire things back up. But uh, so, you know, we'll try and not let our personal bodies. <laughs> influence how we answer your question. And also, too, congrats on graduating with no loans and on continuing your education as well. Yeah, let's talk about loans, Matt, for, for just a second longer. On that note, this is a question, I think, for Natalie, uh, where she's going to want to be frugal and not cheap. This is something we've talked about with higher education before. I think, you know, obviously there is a, a student loan epidemic almost in this country, right? With with how they've gotten out of hand and a lot of people owe so much money when they graduate from college. And we want people to avoid that, right? We want people to be smart about taking on college debt and not take on too much. But broadly speaking, uh, when it comes to the cost of higher education, spending money now that will lead to advanced opportunities in the future isn't wasted money. And, uh, and I think it's healthy for Natalie uh, to have that uneasiness that she has about student loan debt. But also, it's important to think of it instead as money going towards increasing your human capital, which will pay dividends for decades to come. And although opting, uh, Natalie, for that California program, it doesn't necessarily mean that the increased costs are going to lead to more opportunity uh, or greater pay in the future. Uh, it's kind of hard for Matt and I to really know without having uh, you know a few more specifics. Yes, that is right. And something else to consider too, Natalie, is that uh, a two-year program in California that cost forty thousand before housing, like that, could end up costing you closer to sixty thousand dollars, right? Which or, is or seventy, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, seriously. And, and if you look at it that way, like that's closer to a forty thousand dollar difference. Ireland is is one of the greatest spots <laughs> on planet Earth. So uh, going there while also Getting the smaller price tag sounds pretty good to me. And, you know, one of the key bonuses for opting for Ireland instead is that it's a one-year program, not a two-year program. And so this means that you are going to be on your way to launching your career and making money a whole year sooner. Less money spent uh, out of pocket and earning money sooner. Like that sounds like a, a great combination to me. And another thought too is, you know, she's talking about networking, right? How that's kind of like the, the biggest downside to going to Ireland. But if there's something that the pandemic has, has taught us, I think, is that there is so much that we can do from home in our sweatpants. <laughs> and so I think if she wants to kind of, you know, start that networking while she is abroad, so much of that can be done from the computer. You know, I think she could like start writing a blog, you know, maybe start writing for other publications within the field that she's interested in, you know, launching herself into and then just start sending out cold emails, basically introducing herself. Uh, I, it's just going to be a way that she's going to allow herself to stand out, I think, than just subscribing to a, a program, a two-year program in California, you know, like, the grad who's uh, in Europe, in Ireland, studying abroad, like to me, that's way more interesting. And I think that's a great way to, to stand out as well. Yeah, my, my friend Kim, who was looking for work, she started just to kind of introduce herself to people on LinkedIn. And dude, I, I can't tell you how many calls that she set up. Not even just like messaging back and forth or emails. It was like phone calls that people were like, hey, let's get on the phone and chat. And, nice. and yeah, so I feel like networking online is, is one of those things where people are craving human connection, even if it is uh, just virtually. And so I, yeah, I think you're right that the pandemic has taught us that we can network virtually. And, and so I don't think um, if you're 
intentional about it that you're going to be losing much in that regard. And Natalie, I think you're, you're going to want to make that call, you know, your decision based on a number of different things, many of which Matt and I aren't privy to here. Is it the connections that you're worried about missing out on? Or maybe does that degree that you'll receive from a university in California look better to potential employers? Because that's something to factor in too. That's true. And can you use that maybe additional year to gain some valuable connections and work experience at the same time. And uh, again, don't be cheap when it comes to this decision, but also don't assume that more expensive equals more connections that's going to result in more pay. Yeah, just because you're on site in California doesn't automatically mean that there's going to be mixers going on that you're going to be invited to where you get to show up and start, you know, shaking hands. Yeah. I think that there's, you know, we're probably going to see more of that this fall. But I don't. I can't imagine it's going to be in full force like it was pre-pandemic as well. So I think that's definitely a, a consideration as well. Yeah, but Natalie, either way you go, you're in a strong position right now uh, by not having any student loan debt. So best of luck as you move forward. And hopefully Matt and I's thoughts helped at least a little bit. Uh, but we got more questions to get to, including uh, a listener who's worried that credit card debt might creep back up in his life. We'll get to that one right after this break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, 
You already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back from the break, and we're going to get to a question here soon about where to put some retirement money. But before that, let's get to that one, Joel, that you mentioned about uh, credit card debt kind of creeping back into this guy's life. Hey guys, thanks so much for the podcast. I look forward to it every week. You've definitely helped me clarify a lot of things with personal finance and giving me a strong direction. Currently, I'm 29 years old. My partner and I are saving up for a house we'd like to purchase within the year. I just finished paying off $26,000 in debt, and in the process of paying off the debt, I had closed a credit card. I noticed when I closed a credit card, my credit score dropped about 80 points. Then I listened to one of your episodes where you discussed how useful and tactile a credit card can be when purchasing a house. I panicked, applied for another credit card, and got another credit card where my credit score dropped again by about 20 points. I'm now worried that my old habits might creep in and I'll start spending on the credit card and carry a balance on it. I'm not sure if I should close it or if I should just hide it and put it away and, and keep on track with my saving. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much. Anything you can contribute will help. By the way, that question came from a listener named Matt. So he must be cool, like my best buddy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think we get more questions from Matt's or Joel's? Matt's for sure. Really? Well, it's just like a more common a, name. Yeah, it's kind of like John. There aren't nearly as many of us <laughs> Joel's out there, sadly. Uh, but uh, Matt, congrats on the strides you've made. I think it's too, it's definitely important to celebrate the debt payoff accomplishment that you've made. Uh, being able to pay off $26,000 of debt is a huge sum of money. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, it's worth celebrating with a, a nice beer or something like that. Maybe a seven deadly Stouts. <laughs> if you get if you can get your hands on one, yeah, already I'm going to tell you, I'd suggest it. So it's so good. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about uh, why your credit score is so important too. If you want to buy a house within the year, Matt, closing cards is going to crush your score and could cost you potentially thousands in interest over the life of the home loan that you're going to get. And it could make that loan harder to get in the first place. And that's because credit scores are 
a bit convoluted, <laughs> as we've talked about, Matt, on the show. They're, they're still massively important, though, even though they're kind of weird. Uh, lenders are less concerned with the fact that you just paid off $26,000 in debt. They're not going to look at that and be like, that guy, he's good with his money. We're going to trust him and give him this home loan. That's just, they have their, their proprietary systems. That's how it works. And they're not factoring in uh, how much debt you've gotten rid of in recent years. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they're more nervous about your credit score dropping, and they're less uh, enthused by the fact that you just got rid of a bunch of debt. And that, in their mind, actually makes you riskier. <laughs> the fact that you have a lower score, even though you have less debt, which, you know, yeah, like Matt said, it doesn't really make all that much sense. Not how I would have devised a credit scoring model if uh, it were up to me. Yeah, and you can find some lenders who will actually take that into account. Like they'll do a manual underwriting where they look at all of your information, they'll see what you've been doing, and they'll kind of recognize the good behavior uh, that you have exhibited, right? But Matt, we we understand your desire to not go back into credit card debt. Like we're totally there with you. You know, credit cards are like we think the best method for spending, but only if you use them properly, if you avoid maintaining balances, uh, and uh, you know if you don't let your spending get out of control. But your instinct, you know, to hide the card maybe <laughs> and provide some behavioral barriers to using it, like we, we feel that is spot on. And so you know we've talked about this before in the show, but literally putting your credit card on ice, you know, by putting it in a, in a Ziploc bag full of water can help prevent some uh, destructive usage of that credit card. Also, too, there's more uh, practical, maybe digital steps that you can also take by you know, doing something as simple as deleting your credit card information from, from sites that you regularly use you know, or deleting it from autofill within your browser. Basically, any steps that make it more difficult for you just to hop on somewhere and make a purchase digitally. Yeah, and, and I think it's too, Matt, it's worth including your partner in this, right? You mentioned, Matt, that you're saving up for a down payment with your partner. We'll see if you can enlist the help of your significant other to help keep you on track also if you're lucky your partner is more of the money nerd and if so you have some built-in accountability there and even if it turns out that you're the money nerd who likes to spend you can use your credit card for maybe like one or two recurring purchases like a power bill and set them to auto pay Uh, that way the credit card remains active and helps your credit score even if you literally have like stowed it away inside the freezer making it inaccessible to use on a day-to-day basis it's still going to be helping you out and that's what you really want it's not necessarily that you have to use a credit card for everything that you purchase, but it is having that credit card active, uh, using it regularly, uh, even if it means you're not actually physically using it yourself. Yeah, just like the picture of the uh, the credit card in the uh, bag of ice sitting there next to the Aldi ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Still doing its work, even though you don't have to touch it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's a Matt, you know, it's crucial for your credit score to recover before you purchase a home. You know, like this could mean quite a big difference uh, in the rate that you qualify for, uh, as well as your your monthly payment. And so, keep an eye on your credit score and make changes. Based on what you see, uh, and you can do this at a site like creditkarma.com. Uh, oftentimes, different you know the different credit card companies online. When you log into the dashboards, they'll have a little link there where you can see your credit score there. And Credit Karma specifically has this helpful scorecard section that gives you a peek into what is specifically hurting your score. This is really important, but at the same time, we don't want you to stress out. You mentioned how this is a move that you want to make probably within the year. You can rebuild your credit score. You know, 40 points by, you know, you took two 20-point dings. That's, that's not great, but at the same time, you should totally be able to build that up when the time comes for you to sign up for a mortgage. Yeah, Matt's going to get there. He's on his way. He's got it. Just a couple of these tweaks to how you're handling those credit cards, Matt. And you got this. You got it licked. And you're going to be able to get that mortgage. You're going to get a great rate. I've got all the faith in you, man. All right, Matt, let's get to the next question. This one comes from listener Corey, and he wants to know where should he put money that he's investing for retirement? Should it keep going in his 401k or is there a better move he can make? Joel and Matt, 
love your podcast, love all the information you guys are providing to make us all a little bit better financially. My question is regarding retirement accounts and where best to put your money. Currently, I work for an employer that provides a 4% match when you contribute 5%. I contribute 11% to my company and I'm trying to pick up every dollar I can for retirement. I started thinking about this when listening to you guys about where best to put my money. My question is, is it better to pick up the match at your employer's plan and then put additional money into a Roth IRA and a spousal IRA until they are maxed out and then go back to your employer's plan? Or is it better to just contribute to your employer's plan, 401k plan that is, until you max that out at the $19,500 limit? And then if you can put additional money into a Roth IRA or spousal IRA. I should note that my company does provide an HSA plan, which I do contribute to. I'm just determining where best to put my money, whether it be in the Roth IRA accounts or in the Roth 401k accounts with the company after I meet the 5% match. Really appreciate your input. Look forward to your response. And I definitely look forward to future podcasts and wish you guys continued success in all you guys are doing. Thank you so much. Corey, thanks so much for those well wishes. And we are glad that the uh, information on here on the show has been helpful for you and your money. Let's go ahead and dive in. Let's start with the, uh, the kind of the most basic thing here. Let's talk about your match, right? It, uh, it should continue to be your goal to, to get that employer match. Uh, since you are putting in 11% with the 4% match, you are investing 15% of your pay. <laughs> that is awesome. That's so good. Uh, but you know, if you can't do all of that, I, I think for some, it might be, be tough to save that much of their income. Dial back that 401k to full match status only for the time being, uh, bringing your contributions down to, f- to 5% of your pay to get that full match first. That'll be worth it because at that point, then you can invest uh, in some even more tax advantage ways uh, that we're going to now get to. Yeah, like the HSA, yes. right? Corey mentioned that he's got an HSA. He kind of just slid it in there towards the end. <laughs> he's like, maybe I should just like let you guys know that I have this. <laughs> and Corey, that is you know, a place we would encourage you to invest more of your money. So with those extra funds, uh, as you pull back your 401k contributions, put that money straight into your HSA. HSA instead and seek to max it out if you can. If you file taxes, married filing jointly, the max you can put in in a year is 7200 bucks. That's that's a chunk of change, right, Matt, that you can start investing for the future. So uh, HSAs really are best if you use them as long-term investment vehicles. A lot of people use these as a way to put money aside and then pay for medical expenses in that year, <laughs> the very year that you put the money in. And you know, that's which, not which makes sense because yeah. it's called a health savings account. It's like, oh, this is for my health. Right. But let's let's uh, let's talk about your health down the road. We, if you're uh, listening to this show, you should think about it more of like a health investment account, right? Mm, you yes. know, and because that's what it's really best at doing, because of the way it's treated when it comes to taxes. So we would suggest that you check out your investment options that are available to you inside of that employer HSA plan, because if you can invest that money, letting it compound tax-free for decades is going to be huge for you. And if you want to know more about the HSA, Matt and I, we did a 
deep dive back in episode 105, there are just so many advantages to putting more of your investment dollars there as opposed to keeping them directly funneled into your 401k instead. Yeah. And Corey, he kind of mentioned there towards the end how his 401k is actually a Roth 401k. And so sometimes we, you know, we advise for folks to kind of diversify their tax liability. Like it, it kind of makes sense from a diversification standpoint to say, all right, I'm going to make some, some pre-tax investments now. Uh, I'm also going to make some post-tax investments. And so basically you have some funds in the future that you'll need to pay taxes on because you took the tax break earlier. But then uh, you've also got the flip side because we don't exactly know where tax rates are going to be in the future. However, all that being said, tax rates are at historical lows. And so because of that, even though you have a Roth 401k going on, I think we're still going to point you in the direction of not a traditional IRA, but a Roth IRA, right? And so we feel that this is uh, the next best bet uh, after the HSA. Obviously, you know, the max annual contribution there is $6,000 each for for both of you, uh, for you and your spouse. And if you fully fund that, then you can go back and increase your 401k contributions up to the annual limit of 19500 uh, Getting to the point where you can do all of the above, it's a steep climb, uh, but going in this order, we, we feel that this makes the most sense from our perspective. And yeah, Corey, we wish you the best. You've got a, kind of like an audacious investing plan laid out before you, but it sounds like you're on the right track. Yeah, it's really hard to do an all of the above investing strategy, like maxing like, out all those accounts. I mean, that's, do that, and then this, yeah. and then after that, do this. That's really a high bar, uh, you know, to be setting for yourself. But not too high for how to money listeners. Yeah, right? I think a lot of how to money listeners, though, they are looking to you know go that extra mile when it comes to their investments. And, and if you can do an all of the above, you can get the match, contribute and max out an HSA, and then max out Roths. I mean, that's that's huge. You're like well on your way to financial independence if you are taking that uh, you know all of the above. Strategy. Strategy. So, Seriously. Corey, keep up the good work, man. Keep making it happen. All right, we got a couple more questions we want to get to, including can you avoid capital gains taxes when selling a home? We'll get to that and more right after this break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to kachava.com dot com slash how to money that's spelled 
K-A-C-H-A-V-A, and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash how to money. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, now it's time for that question about capital gains, and specifically, uh, this involves some real estate. Hey, Matt and Joel, this is Marie from Utah. I found you guys back in 2019 when I was looking to invest within my TSP, and I've been hooked ever since. So this is a little bit involved. About four years ago, we sold our almost fully paid off investment property at a little bit of a loss so that we could buy my brother-in-law's property that is next door to our current home while he was going through a divorce. He's been renting it from us, but would now like to buy it back. We bought it for around 250. It's now worth around 400,000. We owe 155,000 on it, and we've been depreciating it every year for around 8,300. We aren't looking to invest in another rental property at this time because of how the market values have increased and honestly nothing would be as great as having a property next door. So we still want to minimize capital gains as much as possible. Our current ideas are to max our two traditional TSPs as much as we can, to max a traditional IRA, and to donate some. We are kind of stumped on what else to do. We also aren't really sure what else to do with the rest of the proceeds. Since we do have a fully funded emergency fund, we'd be maxing our retirement funds. And the only other debt we have is our own mortgage, which we will be refinancing at a 2.375. Any ideas would be awesome. Thanks. Marie, thanks for your question. Matt, I just have to say, before we get into answering Marie's question, 
I feel like our listeners are crushing it. I feel like every question today <laughs> That's true. is coming from a position of strength. Financially, people are in a good position. They've invested well. They're trying to maximize their opportunities, uh, make smart decisions. But it's just uh, it's cool to hear how our listeners are just like taking the bull by the horns. They're doing a great job with their money, and Marie included. Like <laughs> this is a, a question that's coming from a position of strength. Like how do I potentially avoid some of the tax on the massive amount of money I made, <laughs> right? Most deaf. Yeah. I mean, taking it back to like Natalie's question earlier, this is kind of like a 5,000 level Ask How to Money episode. <laughs> These are all very advanced questions where folks are doing an amazing job with their money. So that, yeah, definitely makes me really happy. And Marie, you know, first of all, too, I'm glad that you're not asking us like what the fair price should be to sell that house back to your brother-in-law. <laughs> because I feel that mixing family and, and money together can kind of be, you know, some tricky waters to wade into. And especially in your case, if you haven't you know, address the possibility of him buying the home back from y'all, you know, back when he was going through that, through that divorce. This could lead to some difficult conversations, but uh, yeah, again, you're not asking about that part of it. Sounds like you've identified the price and, and you're just moving on. There we go. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to get into that, but uh, let's talk about taxes. Everyone's other favorite yes. topic, you know, uh, people love to talk about taxes. It's just like an enjoyable, enlightening conversation for all of us, really. And light, light table talk, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's Gets like, everybody excited. <laughs> let, let's talk about religion, politics, and and taxes like those are really fun <laughs> topics of dinner conversation uh but i will say marie taxes are in most cases a sign of success right the, the better that you do the more you'll owe and you've done really well with this property so you're gonna owe tax on it uh, but fortunately you'll owe taxes on the gain of this property at the capital gains rate which is really favorable it's 15 percent in most cases the only way to avoid capital gains ever <laughs> is to sell an asset in a year in which you made less than eighty thousand dollars including that gain Gain. Uh, so that means that, Marie, you're not going to be eligible to skip out on any sort of capital gains tax. Um, that's the threshold for a 0% capital gains tax rate. But of course, since your capital gains are so high on this property, that's impossible. That sale price and accompanying gain alone will push your AGI past the point of being able to avoid paying it. So sorry, but it is kind of a success tax in a way. You've been successful and you are going to owe uh, taxes at the rate of 15% in all likelihood on the gains of this property. That's right. And, you know, the only way for most real estate investors to avoid capital gains taxes is either to, to gain very little, which isn't a, a great game plan. Right. <laughs> Let me hamstring myself. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, or to roll that money into another property. And Marie, you touched on this. And so this is called the, the 1031 exchange for everyone else out there. It's, it's listed under Section 1031 in the IRS code. That's why it's called the 1031 exchange. IRS has all these catchy names. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so sexy. And it's an excellent strategy that would allow you to minimize your capital gains uh, taxes that you were to pay. Again, so we know that you said you're not interested in real estate uh, as you had it pretty nice with that house next door. But if you're looking to minimize taxes, we would highly recommend you consider a 1031 exchange. You know, like maybe sit down and consider what is it about having uh, rental real estate that maybe you dislike the most. You know, like say for instance, if it's repairs and maintenance, like maybe for you hiring a property manager makes the most sense. You talked about how having it next door was you know really nice, and so I'm guessing what that meant is that it was really nice to be able to go over there and make a repair or or to check on something like that. And so if you're just not wanting it to be a part of your life as much 
I could see that being a good instance for when you might want to hire a manager. Yes, you're paying them a percentage, but would it be 15% of the gains that you would realize from selling that property next door? <laughs> that would be one really expensive property manager, <laughs> right? Um, and yeah, I, I agree, Maria. I think it's worth considering doing a 1031 exchange, hiring a property manager so that you're not overseeing the rental property if that's what makes it daunting and uninteresting to you. It's really the only way to avoid the massive tax bill that you're going to face when you sell this property. By the way, for everyone else out there, Matt, I think it's important to clarify, uh, this is the way it works when you're profiting from an investment property, not a primary residence. Taxes are way more favorable when you're selling your primary residence, and most normal folks aren't going to owe anything in taxes when selling their home. And another option, by the way, worth uh, considering for Marie is that if you created a company, like uh, an LLC, maybe you call it Marie's Holdings LLC. Oh, I like that. Yeah, fancy ring to it. <laughs> it's better than the IRS name of 1031 Exchange. It's right? just as straightforward, though. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, it is. Uh, well, then, and then if that LLC owned the property and sold the property, you might be eligible to open up a SEP IRA so that the company contributes to a retirement fund on your behalf, up to $57,000 for last year, $58,000 for 2021. It's definitely worth considering, uh, but we would suggest that you talk to a tax professional before you know pulling off a complex maneuver like that. That's right. Yeah. So, Marie, thank you so much for that question. We hope we have gotten you pointed in the right direction and at least have given you uh, maybe a couple other ideas to consider. All right, Joel, our next question comes from a listener who is looking to basically maximize her savings. Let's hear it. Hey, Joel and Matt. My name is Brittany. I live in Southern Illinois, about 30 minutes east of St. Louis. I absolutely love your guys' podcast and I listen to it religiously. I have a question about maximizing savings that I'd like your input on, mainly about mutual funds versus like a high interest savings. Uh, my husband and I currently have 401ks and pensions through our work that we save about 20% uh, of our income on. We also have about six months worth of savings saved up in a uh, savings account in our bank. And we also have like a fun money account for vacationing and that kind of thing. But I was wanting to try to see if there was anything we could do to get more bang for your buck, so to speak, uh, help maximize the savings, as I said. Uh, any input that you can give would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Brittany, thanks for that beer recommendation. Of course, Matt and I, always up for a good, solid beer recommendation. I think we've actually had a Four Hands beer on the show back in the day. It's been a minute. It has. But uh, yeah, St. Louis has some has some good beers, has some great breweries. We've had Side Project before a couple weeks ago. We had something from Perennial Artisan Ales on the on the show. Abraxas. Yeah. Was that what it's called? It was delicious. Uh, yeah. Actually, kind of similar to this beer. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's true. We're talk about here on this episode. Yeah. But, but we hear you, Brittany. Nobody is getting much bang for their buck these days when it comes to savings. So let's get to your question. Uh, the fact that you have a fully funded emergency fund is awesome. And on top of that, you have additional savings buckets for other goals that you're calling fun money. Well, that puts you in just an awesome spot financially. Uh, you're, you're essentially the opposite of someone living paycheck to paycheck, right? Um, and so, yeah, congratulations are in order, Brittany. You're doing a great job. We feel your pain, though, of wishing that your money was earning a higher rate of return. But it's important to remind yourself what this money is for. It's not to grow your wealth. It's there to preserve it. That's what savings are for. So that money is sitting there, uh, safe and secure, in case something comes up. And those savings are going to keep you from racking up credit card debt if something were to happen that was unforeseen. Yeah, and, and Brittany, y'all are serious investors, which is great as well. But you know, having that emergency fund uh, sitting there as cash will also keep you from potentially 
tapping those retirement accounts, which come with a hefty fee as well. That's something that we were able to avoid last year uh, with the CARES Act, right? The ability to tap into some 401ks, some retirement plans without that additional 10%. Uh, but that's something that you want to keep in mind as well. So, that being said, don't invest your emergency fund or your fund money. Keep it liquid as cash. But, you know, we definitely recommend you to look around to the different online uh, high interest savings accounts that are out there. As of this recording, uh, CIT and Ally are both offering 0.5% on their savings accounts. Uh, and be sure to check out Ally's No Penalty CD as well. Uh, even though they're you know also just paying 0.5% there as well, you're able to lock in the rate uh, just in case rates drop even more. Uh, and of course, since it's penalty-free, that means you can pull that money out of there really quickly without any of those penalties or fees, uh, without getting penalized for pulling that money out early. Yeah, Matt, you jumped on that early on in the pandemic as rates were falling, and you're sitting pretty now in your no penalty CD. I mean, literally, that was my our, our emergency fund. I was just like, you know what? Like, I don't think there is a high chance of us needing this emergency fund, but you you still want it there just in case. Yeah. But you also want access to it, which is why I feel like the yeah the no penalty CD makes so much sense for that application. Yeah, especially in a falling interest rate environment, and you're sitting at like three quarters of a percent higher than uh, than most people are these days. I wish it was like closer to three or four percent higher. That'd but be nice. Yeah, not the case. <laughs> right. That was uh, a long time ago when we went interest rate, when savings accounts were earning that rate of interest. Uh, let's talk about, too, uh, Matt, uh, another option for Brittany here. Uh, Brittany, if you're under the income limits, a Roth uh, opening a Roth IRA for you and your husband is a great and flexible investing vehicle. Combined, that's an extra $12,000 that you could be socking away. And the best part of all is, is that your contributions can be withdrawn for any reason uh, without paying any fees or taxes because Roth contributions are made with post-tax money. And so, Matt, in an episode we did all about the Roth IRA, that's something we talked about is that the Roth IRA has this potential to at least house a portion of your emergency fund if you've been diligent enough to handle money well throughout the years. And I think Brittany can start working towards that. If you do look at your cash stockpile and it starts to make your heart hurt <laughs> uh, and you wish <laughs> that some of it was invested, I think you know it's, it's it doesn't make sense to take all that money and invest it because then you're putting yourself at undue risk if something were to happen. But opening up a Roth and starting to stash money in there and working up to the point where the Roth can be a, a small portion of your emergency fund is a worthwhile goal. And it can mean not having to have quite as much money sitting in a savings account that's earning just very little. That's right. So yeah, Brittany, just keep in mind too. You know, this past year, a lot of people went through some some difficult situations, right? Like I've got a feeling that you probably did pretty good. Sounds like y'all have some really solid and secure jobs. But imagine if you didn't, right? Imagine if you would have been in a, in a situation where uh, you had to go on unemployment, or in a situation where your hours were cut, something like that. Hard times aren't always foreseeable, and so that is why we want to make sure that your emergency fund, uh, funds that you want accessible, isn't invested. You know, and the other thing too, like you don't want to have money invested in the market uh, that you're planning to take out within a year, or, or you know, maybe even a couple years. Uh, that's the kind of money you want to leave in the market for the long term. You want to make sure that you're avoiding that volatility, and you avoid that by keeping it placed uh, more conservatively. No doubt. So, Brittany, best of luck moving forward. And don't feel so bad that your money is sitting there in savings, not earning a lot. That's the boat we're all in right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, and, too, Brittany said she listens religiously. I was going to say, you do kind of have some like cult leader-like <laughs> tendencies. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's what I was going for. I pulled it off? You, you, you do it well. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get back to the beer that we had on this episode. This one was called Seven Deadly Stouts by Monday Night Brewing. And, Matt, this was a beer that 
Literally, they took seven different styles they brewed and they blended them together to create something unique and epic. What were your thoughts on this one? I would say that I think this is one of the best beers to have come out of Atlanta. Like it, it is that good. I mean, the flavor that they've packed into the stout, it makes you think that it's going to be crazy thick, you know. But like that's like what's so amazing about this is that it doesn't. It's not overly heavy. It's you know the mouthfeel, the body. You, you drink it and you kind of swish it around a little bit, and and for the most part, it's pretty light compared to a lot of different stouts that would try to incorporate this amount of flavor you know and so the first thing i noted though was like the vanilla flavor going on like the vanilla but then it's got like the dark chocolatey roastiness going on there's like some nice coconut vibes uh and there's also like some serious notes of hazelnut like as i'm drinking it like it totally made me think of nutella (laughs) Uh, but nutella that was also aged in like bourbon and brandy and whiskey barrels yeah (laughs) all the different barrels the best kind of nutella really (laughs) yeah it's true but uh this was an amazing beer I'm I'm kind of shocked that we just kind of pulled this one out randomly, but we're just like, I mean, why not? You know, that's kind of the how to money way. It's not we're not living for the weekends, which is actually kind of like Monday night's motto <laughs> that weekends are overrated. But like we talk about on the show, craft beer is our craft beer equivalent. And so being able to enjoy something delicious like this uh, during the week, man, uh, while you and I record an episode that we can share a bottle like this is uh, is a ton of fun. But uh, yeah, what were your specific thoughts on this beer? Well, that was pretty meta to say that craft beer <laughs> is our craft beer equivalent. <laughs> but uh, it, I thought it was interesting, you know, reading up on this beer, like it, it took two and a half years to make this beer. Wow. And then, then one of the things too, because it, it was these different styles were aged for various amount of times in different barrels. And then it took really an expert blender to mix those stouts together to create something like that's delicious. Sometimes combining a, a bunch of different beers like that, it might taste like you remember when you used to do like a suicide, <laughs> like <laughs> oh, on, yeah. the, on the uh, soft drink uh, fountain machine, uh-huh. and you'd get like you know some Sprite, some Coke, some Dr Pepper, all that stuff, and it would just it would taste horrible, right? You, you weren't a good blender. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. That's what I'm saying. Is like you know drinking each of these stouts separately. I'm sure it was good. Typically, uh, combining them into something, it, it's a really hard task, and so it really shows that they that they were um, expert blenders when they made this beer. I, I agree. There were hints of all sorts of the ingredients that um, were in those base original stouts, like vanilla, like cinnamon, um, and, and oh, yeah. coconut, and some of the other cinnamon ones. Cinnamon as well. Definitely some cinnamon, oh. which brought us back to the Abraxas that we had recently. Yes, that's right. Both both of these beers, fantastic. I, I guess if, was it Brittany? So she's up there and uh, has access maybe to, to the uh, perennial artisan ales. If you can get your hands on some Abraxas, Brittany, that is similar to what we're drinking right now, yeah, if you want to get seriously meta with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this beer was excellent. Definitely, I agree, one of the best beers that's ever come out of Atlanta. A major winner from the folks over at Monday Night Brewing. And uh, also a kind of a random splurge uh, on our part. So <laughs> It was, it was. Cheers. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. We look forward to taking uh, more listener questions in a couple of weeks, and you can always go and submit your listener question to be featured on an upcoming Ask HTM episode. There are simple instructions for how you do that on our website at howtomoney.com slash ask. That's right, and if you've listened to our show and you found it helpful, we would love for you to uh, share your appreciation for the show by heading over to Apple Podcasts, leaving us a solid review over there. That helps us to get the word out, helps others to uh, make sure that they are doing smart things with their money as well. So thanks in advance for that. And Joel, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out.
Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.